0: I am going to remember to do the spoiler warning this time. <laughs> yay, yay. So we will be spoiling the books. We will be spoiling the show. We will be spoiling anything that can be spoiled. So if you don't want spoilers, get out.
1: Okay. We may even be spoiling things that can't be spoiled.
0: <laughs> we will spoil it all. Um, so let's do some intros first. Um, tonight we have uh, YD, if you want to just say hello. Hi, everyone. This is Yellow Delaney,
1: um, and I am very happy to be here. Oh, and you can find me at Yellow Delaney on Tumblr.
0: And Chickie.
2: Hi, this is Chiki. Um I am Chikrin on Tumblr, and I am also very happy to be here.
0: And we have a special guest tonight, a first-time guest, um, Liz. Hello, you guys. I am very happy to be here. It's awesome. Everyone's happy to be here. Yay! Yay! Let's hope we all feel that way when we're done this podcast. We will. I'm sure we will. Uh, oh, and I am Lot, and I guess I have to say I am also happy to be here. Lot, um, what? what about your URL on Tumblr? Yeah, what's your Tumblr name, Lot? i hate you both (laughs) i am lady of tarth posts hyphen no wait i fucked up my (laughs) tongue it
3: doesn't matter
0: it doesn't matter whatever you'll find me if you really want to okay moving on (laughs) i hate you both okay season four episode seven of game of thrones mockingbird Um, We open up with uh, Jamie and Tyrion. Um, Tyrion's in his cell. He's been getting a lot of time in that set. (laughs) Poor guy. Um, Jamie is upset with Tyrion because, well, he pretty much messed up the best deal of all time, in my opinion. (laughs) 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 Fucking Tyrion. Um, He tells him, uh, you threw your life away. You threw your life away. Um, And Tyrion says, you see, it was everything father wanted. He would have had Jamie at Casterly Rock and Tyrion would have been out of sight for good. Um, Jamie makes a remark that I found quite... Uh, I don't know. I found it quite silly. He was saying that father would be willing to sacrifice any of them. Like, mm. I can't believe he actually said that. <laughs> and uh, Tyrion pretty much answers back, not you. Um, kill a king, lose a hand, fuck your own sister. And Jamie <laughs> cautions him that he's the only friend he has. Um, Tyrion is told that uh, Jamie can't fight for him. His training's not going well and there's no way he can be his champion. And they kind of have this cute ex- uh, cute exchange where they talk about how great it would be just to watch their father's expression as Jamie dies, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> trying to be Tyrion's champion. And I, I really like that exchange. It was almost like you could see them as, you know, little boys growing up together at the rock. A little bit of mischievousness. Mm-hmm. Um. So, before I go on too much further with what else happened, um, what did you guys think of the scene? Oh,
2: it was I amazing.
0: That, uh, yeah,
1: yeah I, I agree. And I think that um, all of the Tyrion scenes in this episode were fantastic. They really were. Um, they but were. did anyone think that the reason Jamie was so irritated at the start of the scene was because he now wouldn't have to go and find a suitable woman to marry? Obviously. Duh. I mean... <laughs> That was, that was fairly evident to me it's clearly been weighing on his mind you know he was making no, a
2: list come on you know he it's was a short list. A
1: short... a list it's, a, it's a short <laughs> list of one person perhaps
0: uh so anyway Tyrion mentions braun um as being his possible champion and jamie kind of gets a i think he knew he knows that something's going on with braun and cersei at this point but he doesn't say anything mm. um and uh, Jamie kind of looks away again when Tyrion wonders who Cersei's champion is. He definitely knows uh, who it is, and it's not good. So that kind of segues into the next, um, which is the mountain and Cersei. Uh, and I, <laughs> I wrote, he. Uh, the mountain is basically the Wolverine of Westeros. He's the best there <laughs> is at what he does. <laughs> yeah, and, but what is he doing?
2: I don't I understand what this scene is supposed to be.
3: I, have I think the same no one issue. this one yeah. Sorry, Lizzie, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that no one understood. Uh, my unsullied friends were all asking, what the fuck was going on there? And I <laughs> yeah, couldn't I, answer. Yeah, I, I didn't have the, an answer either. I was
1: going to say, I think even the sullied amongst us had issues. I had to think about it. And at first, you know, it was kind of like, is he just getting some murder practice in on some peasants? But I think murder practice, absolutely
2: Murder practice. murder.
1: But I did notice that um, there were guards behind them, and I was thinking perhaps there were prisoners that were going to be killed anyway. But, you know, for funsies, he thought he'd throw some weapons (laughs) into the ring.
2: But this is the thing. It's like these are clearly unskilled, you know, peasants, (laughs) and they're not going to be any match for him. I don't – I really don't understand the scene. I – I really racked my brain to try to go, what were they trying to prove here? Other than that, he's just, you know, a ruthless killer. And I, I just, right. I think, I think
0: we're, honestly, yes, just,
2: yeah, confused. but I don't know it for me. This is the only sour note in an otherwise superb episode. Yes. I agree with
1: you. I think it was a fairly superfluous scene, but uh, it was pretty <laughs> short. So I'm not too worried with it. It was short. We'll give it that. It was short. Well, I'm yes. a
0: little weirdo of it because I thought it was great. <laughs> <laughs> I loved all the guts and the... the Oh, yeah, the 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 close-ups on the entrails. Yeah, and (laughs) Cersei Cersei picks up her skirts and she, like, walks for the guts. I don't don't... That got me excited for things to come, but I'm a (laughs) a little weirdo.
1: Well, we all know that you've been uh, skinning rabbits since you were a toddler, so it makes (laughs) sense. With my
0: bare hands. With
1: your bare With your teeth.
0: So, um, I was just gonna ask, what do you guys think of this new mountain? Long may he rain. <laughs> um, you know, oh. I guess he's suitably, uh,
1: suitably terrifying. Um, I can look, I can barely remember what the other two look like. Um, Are you I did too? note, Are you sure? I did read, you no, know, I was just gonna say, I read online that he's actually slightly shorter than I think the first mountain. And I did note that the angles that they were shooting him at were, they were doing that whole, uh, putting, yeah, exactly, um, to make him seem even more intimidating, which, you know, maybe wasn't necessary. But, yeah, he seems okay. I mean, we haven't really had a much with him to be able to gauge um, the kind of character he is, I suppose, beyond a ruthless
2: murderer. <laughs> and a little young. A little young to be Sanders' brother. A little young, yeah,
0: you're right. Yeah, I never thought. But it. he does look younger to me than the hound, so, yeah, that's another issue. Okay. Any thoughts on the mountain, Liz, before we move on? <laughs>
3: No, not really. No, not really.
0: Okay, feel oh, sorry to like... leave. <laughs> <as you> <laughs> okay, let's move on then. Um, Arya and the Hound. Um, so they come across this injured man. Um, and, I don't know, the, the three of them kind of just contemplate death for a while. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Um when they ask uh, who did this to him, he basically says, I stopped asking a while ago. So, I don't know. I thought that was kind of a nice line to just give you a sense of the state of Westeros right now with all these wars. There's bandits basically running them up. Um, he asks, uh, oh, Arya reveals herself as Arya Stark. And then the guy asks, are you her father? Like, who does this guy? I didn't get why he would say that. Doesn't he know Arya Stark, Ed Stark? I didn't understand that line.
2: Mm, well, I mean, maybe he hasn't heard. Either. I think the assumption is maybe a, a random peasant somewhere may not be as aware of what goes on in the higher circles. And that might have been the point of that, right. I assume.
0: Okay. Yes. If that's what it is, then it, that makes sense. Um, the, uh, the hound ends the man's suffering by uh, stabbing him um, through the heart and tells Arya that's where the heart is. And then all of a sudden, he, the hound gets bit. <laughs> yes. so, right? Uh, like a vampire. Right. Like, just <laughs> <Rorge, laughs> pop out of nowhere. Um, and the hound is like, what the hell? Are-? It was weird. Like, the guy didn't continue. I think it was Rorge who had the sword because he pretty much snapped Biter's neck right away. And yeah. It's mm. like, what the hell are you doing? Like, they, they stopped and had a conversation. <laughs> yes. I thought that was so odd. Hmm. So I guess my question with this is, well, I got two. The first one is, do you think this scene is just the setup, potentially? Um, I guess Lady Stoneheart's appearance and with the the Brotherhood, do you know I what think I mean? Um, as in, it might have been the Brotherhood who sacked the village, or yes.
2: Um, I kind of doubt. It. I think we would have seen people hanging. Yeah. If it were. Yeah, who I think knows?
1: the scene was more. I mean. There are a couple of things going on, I think. We had, if you look at, there was actually a really nice symmetry to the scene between Arya and the Hound. You um, you kind of initially have them riding together and they're in step. Um, they've got like a similar hair going on, colours and styles. Um, and then you've got uh, kind of like him teaching her where the heart is and then you see her stab rouge in the heart. Um, then she ends up wiping Needle off on him, just the way the Hound did after he killed the, the peasant who was dying. And then again, when they walk away together, um, they're very much in step. So I think we've got that whole symmetry thing happening there. So it's um, the a
0: continuation of Arya learning from the Hound.
2: I kind know. Of. And it was a nice callback to the book, to the the scene where Sander teaches her about, you know, the, what do they call it? The gift of mercy. Yes, that's right. Uh, which was kind of a nice a nice shout-out to the books and also just kind of a, a really, I think, important moment in Arya's development as she, she kind of is developing how she thinks about things.
0: Right. Yeah. So why do you think they made it Rorge and Spider? Because we know these two guys are not supposed to be here doing this. this is-
2: yeah, it's a really good question. I, I suspect that they wanted to give Arya another kill um, of someone that she knew and might have had a grudge against. Um, I think that might have been the point because, you know... No matter how they frame the season, it's really light on Stark Triumph, mm-hmm. and is really the only one who's getting anything back for the Red Wedding at all, and I think that probably is why. But it is interesting, given that it is, in fact, uh, well, Brienne kills Spider, and Gendry kills Ward in Feast for Crows, so it is interesting that they have eliminated them now, but not as interesting, because they don't factor into Brienne's storyline on the show.
1: Yeah. So. So. Yeah, I think um, Chicky was actually saying to me yesterday, or the day before, about how they didn't go the same way with Rose and Butter in the books, and they're not with the Brotherhood. So it's not um, it's not something that necessarily needs to happen with Brienne, Brienne's storyline this season,
0: right? So who's going to bite Brienne now? <laughs> is this some random dude? Hopefully, no one.
2: one. Well, maybe I, no. I, I think one. this is an yeah. indication that no one is going to be bitten.
0: Yes, I what agree. Do you
3: think, Liz? No, I was going to say that. Well, someone is going to be bitten. Uh, Gwendolyn already said that. I'm just wondering who will she bite? Oh, she oh good point. Right. Gwendolyn's
2: yes. doing the biting. Brienne is
0: doing that's the biting. this season instead of
3: being bitten. So
2: that's great. Good point.
0: Yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay, moving on. Um Oh,
3: wait. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. No, sorry.
0: I was going to ask, don't
3: you think that they got to know about the hounds, the reward for hounds had far too much quickly
2: oh yeah it was really early for him to learn that there was a bounty on his head oh, well that's... it is and it isn't yeah
0: they could have sent ravens out like a big mass uh, call <laughs> they could have spammed the ravens yeah
2: <laughs> it's interesting how time is passing on the show they're making big kind of sweeping references to weeks passing this is like the third or fourth time this season that that's happened Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think they're trying to make time move probably because they're aware that they have an issue with the child actors aging. And I get kind of the impression yeah. that the feeling is supposed to be that the show is maybe um, stretching over a greater span of time than the books do is kind of the impression that I'm getting from them.
1: Yeah, I think it's difficult to try and match up the time in the show with the time in the books because the way that they've sort of made their divergence now from canon, it's it's too hard to try and do that now. So.
0: Okay. put sort of over the flow. Okay. Okay, uh, moving on uh, with John Snow at the Wall. Um, the Rangers are returning from Craster's Keep. Um, the men are congratulating him. And I kind of like how they did this. You, had, you hear a lot of men calling out, Well done, John. Welcome back, John. So just like a couple of lines to really show, you know, John's pretty popular mm. at the Wall. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm. which makes, It's another another foreshadow for the leadership battle, I think. Right. It makes him not so popular with Alistair Thorne. I remember his name. <laughs> I was live tweeting the episode and I had in my
1: uh, notes, I've had just about enough of your sass, Alistair Thorne. And I really have. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: And the next scene, they're kind of all having a meeting and uh, John is suggesting that they seal the tunnel um, to keep the wildling army that is coming out. And Alistair Thorne is not down for that. And he um, pointedly reminds John that he is a steward. Um, he denies the request and uh, orders John and Sam to the top of the wall duty. And then I wrote douche. So. <laughs> <laughs> we so, all thought of it. <laughs> uh, any additional thoughts for this scene, anybody? I didn't really have any questions for this one.
1: Yeah, not not a huge amount, really. I think again, uh, um, it is just all about the upcoming leadership battle um, because you know we've, got, as you said, we've got the. Uh, the brothers supporting John and then we've got the continued antagonism between John and Alice. So, um, yeah, yeah um, <laughs> I did think briefly about how John was talking about wanting to seal the tunnels, which is actually the opposite of what he was suggesting in the books. Um I really But I don't remember. <laughs> no, well, I vaguely remembered and then I uh, <laughs> had to check that one with Chicky. Yeah. Uh But, again, I don't think it's a huge, huge issue.
2: I agree. In the context of the show, it doesn't matter. In the books, in the books, John is making a really good argument against it. But um, I think in the context of the show, it's kind of a, well, whatever. I mean, yeah. given everything that's been changed,
0: this is a minor thing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. Okay. Liz, are you good? We, you got anything yes, to add? Am. Okay, just checking. <laughs> Don't want to leave you out. Don't let us overpower you, yes, man. Please feel free to jump in at any time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, um, Tyrion and Bronn. So we're back in the cell again. Um, Bronn comes in looking rather dapper and um, he reveals that he's marrying Lawless Stokeworth. Tyrion um, immediately asks when Cersei arranged this marriage. The whole thing just reeks of Cersei. Bronn reveals that He's pretty much willing to kill the older sister of Lawless and the father. So he's, he's making some big moves and he's planning a climb. Um, so he's basically marrying Lawless, as we know, just to better himself in the world. Um, Tyrion will have to make a big deal with Bronn to try to convince him to um, combat the mountain. And basically, there's, there's no deal big enough to convince Bronn to sway him. And they kind of have this line where um, Bron says, "I like you. I just like myself more." They shake hands and they're still bros. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> they really kind of like softened this betrayal of Bron for the show. I think you still Absolutely. believing in the bro
2: TP. I mean, there's a little bit of the bro TP in the books too, though. I mean, you know, Tyrion and Bron are both pragmatists, and it's kind of hallmarks of their characters from the beginning. So I think this kind of fits in with their relationship. You get the sense that Tyrion is disappointed, but at the same point time, you, you can tell he understands, and and he's not, he's a little angry and a little bitter, but but he understands reality too well to be to be really angry. I think.
1: Yeah, and he does say to him, you know, you're a ruthless, cutthroat, or whatever, and that's the reason that I hired <laughs> you in the first place. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I totally agree. I think it was actually quite canon the scene. Um, it was, and, yeah, it really was. You know, if you if you look at the relationship between Tyrion and Bronn, they are friends, I guess, in a way. But their relationship was always more of a, I guess, an employer-employee kind of relationship. <laughs> and a friendship developed. But, yeah, Bronn was, I mean, the kind of man that Bronn is, he was never going to put his line on the life for Tyrion. I mean, sure, he was his champion back in the Eerie, but that was a much I think he was—he was much more aware that there would be a more positive outcome in right. that situation. That dude is on um, the mountain, right? <laughs> right. Not—not <laughs> not the ruthless killer <laughs> that will rip out your entrails. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think Bronn did feel some sadness at leaving Tyrion to, I guess, what he assumes is he's going to die. Um, still, but still. It, but again, right? Bronn was, is really all about what people can do for him, and if it's not going to be a positive outcome for him, he doesn't want any piece of it.
2: Yeah. So, for me, one of the more interesting things about about them doing this so canonically from the books is um, it kind of indicates that maybe Braun won't be going with Jamie, which yes. is, I think, what most yeah. of us had assumed was that Braun yes. would be playing the Sir Ilan role. That so, would, that yeah. is actually an interesting development. Um, yeah. So, I wonder, well. I wonder if that role will actually be fueled at all now, or, you know,
1: are they just going to... I don't know. I mean, they could Not still gone. send
2: Braun, Who knows? I mean, they could have something go yeah. wrong. I, it's it's interesting. I mean, you know, it would be fun if they tried to have Brawn play his kind of feast role of of antagonizing Cersei from afar and being kind yes. of a background nuisance to her. That would yeah. be fun to see. But um, I I think. Oh. I'm surprised that they don't want Jerome Flynn around, frankly. So I would be surprised He's if they done. don't find some way to keep them on, yeah, on screen. I agree.
1: I think, I'm hoping that we will continue to see him. Do you think we're going to get uh,
2: little Tyrion Stokes? <laughs> oh, I hope so. <laughs> oh, I thought about that too. Except at this point, it looks like they've eliminated the whole Lawless being gang-raped and pregnant reason right. for this match. So
3: yes, I suppose this would be...
2: Braun's child now? I don't know. Yes. I I don't know. Who knows? We'll have to see. I mean, it's interesting to see <laughs> what they keep yeah. and what they don't from the books. Yes. But personally, I'm a little disappointed if Bron doesn't go with Jamie because I've kind of gotten attached to that yeah, idea. The last yeah, like me too. It's,
0: it's a great pairing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I hope that I hope he goes with them. I think he will. I kind of still think he might.
2: Fingers crossed, dude.
0: Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um. So uh, next scene is Daenerys and Arya. <laughs> Hell, I'm excited.
2: Booty call.
0: <laughs> called him because really? I am with <laughs> um, So he brings Daenerys wildflowers. Um, he asks to be allowed to kill her enemies. Uh, it's what he does best. And she says, do what you do best. And he takes off all his clothes. <laughs> Ooh, <man. laughs> she I like that, um I
1: like that he said, you know, your, my sword is yours. It, it sure <laughs> was. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Oh uh, I was actually um, I was really excited to actually see some male nudity in this episode before any female nudity, and then of course we have to cut to a scene where there's you know after ten seconds of uh, butt we have a good five minutes of uh, female nudity. <laughs> but, you know you can't win them all.
0: You're totally ruining my segue lines. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I mean your notes again. <laughs> <laughs> I have to admit, like Dario's got a nice ass for a show that has a lot of nice asses. It wasn't us. bad. It Pretty wasn't weird. bad. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know any other comments about this. Like, I mean, it is about Dario's ass. No. <laughs> no. Well,
2: I will say I find it kind of interesting that that they've they've made it a little bit uh, more of a cold blooded. Choice on Danny's part, you, I don't know. Maybe it was just the way that they played it, but I didn't get a, a huge sense of, of sweeping passion or forbidden romance that you kind of grab from the book. You know, I didn't feel that in this scene. It was kind of more Amelia of a Clark's just
0: Clark's acting though.
2: It might have been, yeah. You know, I mean, I I, I definitely think she has trouble with 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 certain. Conveying certain things, I'll put it that way. I'm going to get hate mail for this, aren't I? But it felt it felt <laughs> <I think> like people yes, yeah, right it, it just felt like it just felt like kind of a cold. You know, I just am wanting some sexy times, which there's definitely an element of that to it in the books, but I don't know. No, I agree. anyone else?
1: I agree with you, <laughs> yeah. you Chicky. I I think that. Um, I think it is possibly due to Amelia as well I think she does the sort of the regal acting very well but I think Mm -hmm. in terms of sort of emoting in other ways I think she has some difficulty Yeah, Um, some of the
2: subtle stuff Right,
1: exactly and I mean, I did get a sense of there sort of being a, a slow seduction kind of thing that they both knew was happening because there was all that sort of smir- uh, smirking and smiling going on. Um, but, again, as you say, you don't really get a sense of that whole forbidden passion thing, um, which is so evident in the books. Um, yeah. So I guess, yeah. I mean, I'm not, again, not hugely invested in Danny's storyline, so it's not an issue for me. You're kidding. But, what? This is yeah. news. Nice. This is brand new information. <laughs>
0: Uh We cannot this go is not, an episode. This is without, not a Danny friendly podcast. I was just going to say we can't go an episode without bashing Daenerys. <laughs> sorry,
1: sorry, Danny fans. I know there's lots. I'm of not. You out I'm episode. not sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Good news, Chicky, is that Lot's now going to get all the. <laughs> oh okay. hey, I, I Oh wait, I'm not even going to open up that camel. Words. About the dog. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I, I didn't get any hate mail about that. And I would just like to Not clarify, yet. I don't like mean dogs. I hate mean dogs. Not all dogs. She likes, likes puppies. Yeah, puppies are okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, we've totally we'll gone off the rails, them. and that is my fault. We totally have. Who cares? Okay, and um, to, just because you ruined my line, I'm still going to say it. So, speaking okay. of nice asses and boobs, <laughs> Melisandre. <laughs> Melisandre and yeah. Solis, Um So, Melisandra's taking a bath, and she's just telling Selyse about all the potions and powders she has on her shelves and how she uses them to deceive men into believing in the Lord of the Light's power. Um, Queen Selyse wants Shireen to stay. And Melisandre tells her that it's impossible, um, that Shireen must be with them, and that the Lord needs her. So I was like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> Why does she need Shireen do we have theories? Is it a sacrifice thing, like with Gendry, or what's going on? Well, the sacrifice is the most widely held fandom
2: theory. It's funny in fandom. And, you know, certainly there are some kind of allusions to this in the book. But um, there's, a, there's a very um, um, pervasive sense that, that uh, at some point, Shireen will be sacrificed. It's, it's a fairly commonly held belief. And I personally disagree. I think that Shireen is probably endgame. But um yes. you will find a lot of people who will say that this was uh foreshadowing that Shireen will in fact be sacrificed. So I don't know. I I'm just playing devil's advocate and throwing that out there. Personally, I think what it was is is basically Melisandre foreshadowing that Shireen has a much larger role to play, and I think if anything is clear from the show, it is probably that they have given her so much time because she yes. probably does have yes. a larger role to play.
0: I, uh, yeah, I wrote the same I could... thing when I asked. Right after I wrote the question, I wrote, but I don't really believe it, <laughs> so I don't think she's a sacrifice <laughs> either. Go ahead, Danny. What were you going to say?
1: I um, yeah, no, I was just going to say I completely agree with, with what Chicky was saying. Um, I think, uh, yeah. The fact that Shireen has been given all this extra time in the show is certainly indicative of her having a larger role to play in the series, and I don't think that that's going to um, come with her being sacrificed. I do think that, you know, is well, not very likely, but I do think there's a good shot that she may end up on the throne. Yeah, you, you can't rule her out, that's for sure.
0: What do you exactly. think, Les? Sacrifice or is Shireen endgame? To be
3: honest, I never heard about this theory. Does that ring true with you? You think. uh, Could be. But I I like more uh, the idea of her being the throne.
0: Yeah, Yeah, don't we all?
2: I mean, it's kind Mm -hmm. of awesome to think about, really.
0: Absolutely. I like it, too.
2: I do. So we have to talk about in this scene. um, Am I the only one who thought that Celice was kind of crushing on Mel a little bit in this scene I, I mean, am sorry.
3: I the only one who read that? Well,
2: I think Eli I was, was kind of crushing, crushing on I think <laughs> you're
1: yes, all so. crushing <laughs> on okay, yeah no I mean I it was funny actually because you get this obviously you can tell that Celice isn't entirely comfortable with the whole Mel and Stannis thing um, but then she does this whole long glance down her body <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think she's lacking what she's saying.
2: <laughs> I mean, do I you know we all like what we saw? I like what I saw. I think
1: we do. Damn, I, we do. Therese I, have, see I don't know.
2: blame her for just I, letting it all hang I, out. I would too. I would have just <laughs> shadow babies. <laughs> <laughs> you know what else
1: I found really fantastic about this scene was when Celeste says to her, humor isn't my strength. And you can hardly hear this collective, no shit! (laughs) (laughs) The
2: whole fandom was like, nodding. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I thought it was a really great moment, though, too, to show kind of the women behind Stannis' throne and the fact that they actually are working together and that definitely Solis is committed not only to the Lord of Light, but to Melisandre, 100%.
0: Right. And
2: it was great that they showed that. Yes, I agree.
0: Okay. <clears throat> uh, and the next scene is Jorah, Dario, and Daenerys. Um, so we see uh, Dario; he's uh, just leaving the queen's chambers. Walk and- of shame. <laughs> yeah, with his shirt <laughs> open. He Awkward. doesn't that shame though. <laughs> no, he's, <laughs> he's not ashamed. <laughs> <not laughs> <a shame. laughs> he Jorah and uh, he's—I love this. He's like, "Oh, she's in a good mood." <laughs> oh, Dario. Oh, Aaron,
1: and Jorah. twisting
0: the knife. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's. Um, Dario and the second sons have been ordered to return to Young Kai and to kill all the masters. Um, so Jora and Daenerys, they argue about the morality of slavery and how to handle the masters of Yunkai. Kai. And Danny orders Jora away to be the ambassador to Young Kai. He will let the old masters know that uh, the terms of what her new world is, and they can either die or stop being slavers. Um, so my question is, this just makes... Um, actually, I can't read my notes, so any thoughts on the scene while I try to figure out how all this question is? I was is?
2: just going to say, we're, we're clearly... Not only are we into dance territory at this point as far as timelines with Daenerys, but we're kind of into uh, no man's land because, of course, we know Jorah is already ejected from Daenerys' um, yes. inner circle and at this point so uh, this is just kind of um i don't know i don't want to call it filler because certainly i don't know she does send dario away in the books it's not to yunkai um it's it's interesting what's going on um oh, she just call it filler we're already going to get the hate mail. it's a little bit of a, a filler. <laughs> <laughs> I mean i'm not sure it, it'll be hard to tell no it could be you know dario does end up being a um a hostage um of the mm. yunkai so it could be that that they're leading to that by sending him to yunkai now i don't really know
0: in the books too doesn't she send him away in anger like
2: kind of kind of she sends him away well you know she doesn't even sleep with him until after he's back from wherever she sends him and i have no idea right now where it is that she sends him
3: um
2: and i wanted to say i feel like we're like halfway through dance as far as 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 far as the sexual Mm -hmm. element to their relationship too Mm -hmm. um we're really deep into dance if you consider it that way um yeah, I, I have no idea. I have no idea what they're doing. Who the hell knows? We don't know.
1: <laughs> was I the only one who was expecting that they might have been doing the Danny Dura kiss in this scene as well? I was kind of was hoping it would happen.
2: It. Yeah. I mean, guys, are they going to do it?
3: I don't I know now.
2: It's
1: too
3: far away.
2: You think so, Liz? It's been too far or too long and they're just not going to do it?
3: Yes. Yeah. Damn it! I want I mean, that mean, kiss! I still- I me too, too, but
1: you know what? They're still they're still playing up the you know Jora being in love with Danny, so I think it could oh, yeah. still happen. But God, who knows? Um, <laughs> I I would really like to see it, uh, but yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Did, I, I did. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, Jenny. You go ahead. You uh, Okay. I was just going to say that I I do tend to agree with Chicky. I think there was a bit of filler in the scene, but I did kind of like how. It was a scene that sort of highlighted yet again Danny's view of the world as being more black and white than, you know, shades of grey. You know, the slavers have done wrong, therefore they all must die. And we've got Jora here being the sort of the voice of reason mm-hmm. and trying to counsel, counsel her differently. And, you know, what does he say? Show the slavers something, uh, the slaves something other than brutality. And initially we've got Danny not wanting to hear it um and then he you know explains to her you know i wouldn't be here to help you if ned stark had done to me what you plan to do to the masters of yunkai right. which then i think helps danny understand and gives her pause um and then she makes her decision to you know send uh oh god what's his name <laughs> i want to say he's <laughs> something or other his <laughs> star. his his dar his dar He's her uh, as ambassador. And then oh, and then she goes on to say, you know, tell Dario you change my mind and Jorah's loving it. And
2: uh, you know, we've got Daddy <laughs> trying to play the guys off against each other. Uh, Jorah's um, got to take what he can get with regard to this. He can. He's, he take was, the crumbs. I was going to ask, I did read a really interesting theory online um, about um, Tywin asking uh, for uh, pen and paper during the um, small council scene. That was the last episode of the episode before. And there are theories that um, perhaps because that kind of followed some discussion of Jorah Mormont, that, that that Tywin may correspond either with Jorah or with Danny, and then that may be um, uh, the breaking yeah, point that, between Danny and Jorah. Had anyone yeah, else heard that? That
1: will, that will precipitate her. I have no idea. What was a really like that.
2: interesting yeah, theory. I, I thought
1: I hadn't heard the say, uh, the the theory, but yeah, I I think that's not a bad theory actually. We'll have First to see.
0: You know. I hope yeah. it's true. I like that. But can they kiss first? Come on. Please kiss. (laughs) Damn it. Please. Just kiss. (laughs) Not my fucking kiss. (laughs) Okay. The Hound and Arya, back with these two again. Um, The Hound is trying to sew up his bite, and Arya offers to burn the wound for him. The Hound, of course, freaks out about that, and then he kind of goes into this uh, monologue um, about how his brother was the one that scarred him and how his father was the one that covered it up. And he, it was kind of a nice line. To, um, well, a sad line about, you know, he said, you think you're alone. And, uh, Arya washes out the hound's wound and sews it up. So I think, um, and I want to know if you agree that this is kind of just this setup for, um, Sanders quote unquote death.
1: Yes. Death Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that, that wound is going to fester, and I think he's going to quote-unquote die. <laughs> yeah.
0: So why do we keep saying quote-unquote for anybody that might not know these theories? <laughs> I think you I'll want me to handle? feel this yeah, one? Okay, well, it. the, the yeah. theory
2: of the Gravedigger is, um, for anyone who's read Storm of Swords, um, Arya leaves the Hound to die at the end of Storm of Swords. Um, he has a wound in his leg, and, and he looks like he's not going to make it. Um, Then in Feast for Crows, um, Brienne finds herself at the Quiet Isle, and at the Quiet Isle there is a gravedigger, a very large man who is friendly to a dog who is traveling with Brienne. Um, And while at the Quiet Isle, um, Brienne talks to the um, elder brother, who basically is the the person in charge, and um, the elder brother talks to Brienne about Sander, about the hound, and says that the hound is dead, and that Sander Clegane is at rest, and there's kind of um, pretty pretty well-formed theory that, in fact, the gravedigger is Sander Clegane, that the elder brother found him and brought him back to this monastery, and that he's living a quiet life of, of um, religious reflection, I suppose we could say. Yeah. Um, so it is widely a widely held belief um, that, yeah. that Sander is, in fact, not dead, though, though we will see him quote-unquote die. Now, on, on the flip side of that, there is some speculation that on the show he may in fact, permanently die. So we'll have to see how that develops.
0: Very good. (laughs) Nicely done. What she said? Yeah. (laughs) Okay.
1: um, I thought, sorry, can I just briefly mention... No, you can't.
0: I'm just kidding. (laughs)
1: Go Go ahead. ahead. Get up. Go ahead. (laughs) I just thought... Uh, you know because he's so scared of fire because of what his brother did to him um, so he won't allow Arya to quarter us his wound and I thought there was something poetic in the fact that he might end up quote unquote dying um, because he's so scared of fire and it's um, as a result of what his brother
2: did to him I just found a little bit of poetry in that Yeah. Yeah it was a really well framed scene in the context of this episode too I thought it was really great that they were showing another example of a child who hadn't received the protection from their parents that they needed, yes. and, you know, kind of an echo of the Tyrion
0: situation. and
1: Yeah, and that was a very strong t- theme throughout this episode, wasn't it? Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think
0: about it, too, the way that Sander grew up in that kind of house. He's not that bad, considering how he... <laughs> no,
1: and the way he said, um, when he's telling his story about the toy, and he said, I didn't steal it, I was just playing with it and that was was heartbreaking to me I was just like oh he needs cuddles
0: (laughs) (laughs) so many cuddles so so many (laughs) okay uh, probably going on now to our favourite scene I'm guessing uh, Brienne and Patrick (laughs) at the end Brienne being all sassy oh I love her (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh so they're treating themselves to a hot meal and a feather bed and uh Brienne is clearly in the leader role with this duo. <laughs> she's telling Pod pa- uh she's telling Pod not to expect silk underclothes and don't get drunk and she's being pretty bossy. <laughs> but I love it. And um, Hot Pie, oh my god, Hot Pie. Hot Pie! <laughs> and she hot compl- pie. <laughs> She compliments the pie. He um, She made her- the
1: grievous error of complimenting <laughs> the pie.
0: <laughs> he takes it as an um, invitation to sit down and talk about pie. <laughs> and like, the look that Brie and Pod exchange is just so priceless. Uh, they're both like, who great. the hell is this guy? <laughs> Hot Pie compliments her armor, asks if she's a knight. She just says, no. And then she says, We're, they're looking for a girl. Tall, red hair, very pretty. Sansa Stark.
1: There was but, more like, any Starks here? Sansa Stark? <laughs> Anyone? Uh, <laughs> Accused of regicide? Anyone seen her? <laughs>
0: Uh, i have gold i have valerian <laughs> steel <laughs> yeah she kind of sticks out like a sore thumb doesn't she a little bit Him and, little or, and pod actually like pods really well dressed too in yeah. those
2: lannister colors
0: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yep anyway let's see oh and <laughs> hot pie says oh them lot from winter hell <laughs> oh, yeah they worked in winter hell again yeah, that, it. It. that was perfect
2: that was right right
0: yeah. And uh, Brienne tells him that she's promised Catelyn Stark she would bring her daughters home. So I think I liked how uh, Gwendolyn played this scene because she could see that Hot Pie was trying to make an uneasy escape. Like he did the whole mm-hmm. eye shifting thing like, no, no, I don't know any Stark people. <laughs> but she picked yeah. up on it and then just, you know, said, well, I'm trying to get them home to their mother. Yeah. Uh, and then it goes to like the next day, kind of scene where they're you know getting their horses ready to take off, and Hot um, Pie comes out again and uh, says he wants to talk to her because she seems like a proper lady, and uh, he she says not more kidney pie. Like she, <laughs> I don't want to talk anymore about kidney pie. Oh, I forgot to mention too, um, Podrick has this whole scene where uh, he says he doesn't think it's wise to be asking about Sansa and saying her name. So that will come up later because when um, Hot Pie offers information about Arya still being alive, Brienne has this great moment where she just looks at him and is like, you were saying?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and you know, I've seen criticism of of the way that Brienne was being very obvious in, um, you know, indicating that she was looking for Sansa. Um, but I don't actually think it was a huge deviation from the book because yes, in the book she, I don't think she refers to her by name, but she is fairly obvious in, in uh, her description of her anyway um so yeah i don't think that was a a real divergence from do either at all.
0: because if you think about it brian's is like giant woman that <laughs> <Harvard laughs> countryside asking for a girl of three and ten with Augusta. yes that's who is her sister <laughs> everybody, right yeah i don't think the divergence either no yeah i agree we really agree with that that was me sipping i don't know if that got picked up on <laughs> I could hear. It. Sure. Sure. <laughs> that was not a fart. It was a sip of water. <laughs> I'm so mature. Okay. Um, and we've oh, also
1: got. Oh, sorry, you go. a lot.
0: Oh, I was just gonna say. Um, it's so cute when um Hot Pie gives her the bread. The little oh, bread yeah. that is a lot better. He's definitely improved. So, yes, I just, you know, so I just I cool just picture hair. hot pie in the bakery practicing his wolf spread. Yeah, I think it's adorable because when you think about it, um, because
1: they stayed overnight, so obviously he he was told that you know they're looking for Sansa, and then he's like, oh, she's she's Arya's sister. I better bake her and have some wolf bread. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was adorable, and I kind of think it's a nice scene to show the way that. You know, Aria cu- does kind of touch the people that she meets as
0: well. Um, I thought that was kind of nice. Yeah, um, I was. I don't know. I have a thought that perhaps they're going to make Hot Pie take Willow's place at the inn later on, if Brienne has to revisit this inn. You know, the scene in the books where she has to save oh, the inn keeps. That's,
2: that's interesting, one. It's mm. an interesting
0: because thought. to have. I don't know. It just seems like they're really spending a lot of time on hot pie <laughs> yeah.
2: well i well, my he's... feeling my feeling on the hot pie thing um i think the writers were just super meta for this whole scene Is kind of my take on it um i felt like him talking about the gravy and the pie and all of that my my impression was kind of that it was the writer saying you know so many people have kind of poo-pooed including Brian's entire storyline in the show and i think they've even been asked in articles kind of obliquely if they were going to include Brianne's storyline and, and they did it anyway I think Brianne is kind of the gravy and I oh. kind of have a feeling maybe that's why they spent however long it was that Hot Pie talked about pies and it was a long time <laughs> so <laughs> you, know, you, you know, don't think so. it was
1: just about how pie is really fascinating to viewers
2: I suspect, <laughs> I suspect they went super meta and you know it's interesting because they brought up they brought her to the the in at the Crossroads, which, you know, Catelyn stopped at that inn, and it's where she got waylaid, um, at least on the show, it's where she got waylaid with Tyrion, yes. um, and, and it was kind of, it was interesting symmetry, I think they were kind of doing a lot of calling back to themselves in this episode, and I actually really liked it, you know, we haven't had much really great things to say about the writers and the producers this season, so I'll yes. give them a nod on this one, I think yay. they did. Aww,
0: yay! Thanks, guys! Job. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for shitting all over everything else, but we like this part. <laughs>
1: Um, I was just, I was also thinking in terms of uh, online response to this scene and particularly Brienne's characterisation because I have seen um, several people uh, indicating that they weren't happy with the way that Brienne was portrayed here and that, you know, she's not sassy like this in the books. Um, but I, I do beg to differ and I actually did um, pull a few lines of hers from the books. Of course you did. <laughs> Bring, them out. Bring them out. I out. I will. Um, just a few because I didn't wish, you know, have time to go and reread through all her chapters, but just from memory I have a few. Um, so when we've got uh, in A Storm of Swords, uh, Jamie and Brienne are on their way back to King's Landing and he suggests that he find a place for her at court um, and she replies, what, as lady companion to the Queen? I thought that was going be a little bit <laughs> sassy. Um When Jamie tells her his name's Jamie, not Kingslayer, she replies, "Do you deny that you slew a king?" Um, We've got that's right, (laughs) yeah. We've got um, in a feast for crows. uh, We've got Brienne with the mad mouse with Shadrick. Um, He refers to her as a big strapping wench, and she replies, "A giant compared to some," which is pretty sassy considering he's a tiny little dude. (laughs) Um, And then we've got, oh, a lot of Brienne's interaction with Hyle is pretty damn sassy as well. Um, There's one instance in A Feast for Crows where Hyle tells Brienne that Randall Tarly has commanded him um, to bring Sansa back in the event that Brienne finds her. And then Hyle also tells Brienne, but don't worry, Randall told me not to hurt you. And she snorts and says, as if you could. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then we've got of course, Heil saying to Brienne when they're at the inn, if she leaves her chamber door unbarred, he'll uh, slip in and give her a little visit in the night. And she says, if you do, you'll be a eunuch when you leave. <laughs> <laughs> and just quickly, I've got um one more which is Brienne with Rorge, um, where he tells her, you know, I'm gonna cut off your legs so you can only sit and watch while I rape Willow and she taunts. With what Shagwell said, they cut your manhood off when they took your <laughs> nose. Um, and again, um, just when she's killing Roar, she whispers to him, "Sapphires."
2: Oh, <laughs> so you know, and I
1: think that's that's not even half of the the Brienne sort of feistiness that we see in the books. So again, oh, she's I think a good
2: term. Yeah, I think feisty. She
1: certainly has it in her. I mean, yes, there are places in the books where Brienne's sh- uh, shy. She's for example, she's intimidated by Randall Tarley. But, yeah, she does have that fire as well. So I think in terms of the show and her being a little bit sassy uh, with Hot Pie and with Pod, I don't think that's a deviation from Brienne in canon at
0: all. Yeah, I think you have some good uh, exhibit A, B, C, D, E, F to support <laughs> Let that. Let me
1: present the evidence. Yeah. You
0: right. Us. Case <laughs> closed. Case closed. <laughs> <laughs> so when they get to the fork in the road, um, they don't really say what her decision is. Um, is she, I th- I think it looks like she's going to go to the area.
2: Well, she goes right, right?
0: Yeah. She goes so that, right would
2: be, that would be toward the area then because they were headed yeah. north. Oh, so yeah? if she goes right, I think that would be toward the area. Yeah. Okay. okay. I,
3: I understood that she was going north anyway. So, they didn't yeah.
2: make oh, it. Oh, you further. thought you thought she was going north anyway? Yes. Could be. Could be.
3: We will only find hard. out next
1: chapter maybe. Yeah. Yes. And can we just can we just quickly mention how Brienne is constantly touching ice cable? <laughs> she can't oh, move my- her hand yes. over. <laughs> oh you oh, just had oh. to. <laughs>
0: I had to go there. She can't take her hands off know. Jamie's sword. She is. What is the significance of that? I don't understand.
2: Oh, I don't know. I can't imagine what the metaphor might be that like she's fondling the, a... the, the hilt of yeah, the sword.
1: I feel like the sword may be a metaphor for something. <laughs> Could it be? I don't you don't think...
2: think? Perhaps.
0: All right. We're going on. <laughs> Let's do it. That's like
2: fascinating.
0: Okay. Now. Uh, Tyrion and Oberyn. (laughs) Um, so we're back in the cell again. Um, Tyrion says he expected Oberyn to be at a brothel at this time of night. And he mentions, I
1: like that the show is even making cracks about Oberyn
0: practically living in the brothel now. You can't, yeah, you can't have Oberyn without mentioning sex. That's just the rule. That's so true. Um, oh, he, um, Oberyn answers that he did spend some time with a stunning blonde and then he says your sister (laughs) it's rare to meet a Lannister who is so desperately wants to see other dead Lannisters and uh, he tells the story of being children and visiting the rock with his sister and uh, how Tyrion turned out to be the biggest disappointment of the trip because this whole time he was hearing about this monster that had been born at Casterly Rock and he talks about how Cersei um unveiled the freak quote-unquote and uh oberon says that he was very disappointed because it was just a baby and he told cersei so and he recounts how cersei pinched his little penis when he was an infant making him scream and how jamie had to stop her and uh she did say i hope he'll die soon So, Oberyn reveals that he wants justice for the murder of Elia and her children. Um, He grabs a torch off the beam and says, I will be your champion. And they see this sigh of relief from Tyrion because there's there's hope now blooming in his little heart, I'm sure. Um, What's up with the torch? Is this a Dornish thing?
1: Oh, I have no idea. It just adds to the sexiness of the scene. <laughs> it, it
2: did add to the sexiness. I like the way that it lit mood, over in space. Mood lighting.
1: <laughs> I thought this was a brilliant scene. I think, you know how you, you were saying, Brienne Pod, our favourite scene. I actually think this was probably my favourite scene oh, of the episode. It
3: was mine too. Yeah. I, I um, Get this
2: speech to the show. Yeah, oh, you didn't, yeah, I was surprised how much of the book was in this scene. It, it was, was amazing. I, I mean, was,
1: I, I might have squealed a little bit when he started when Oberyn started in on the story about baby Tyrion because oh, I, I love that from
2: the books. Yeah, um, it's not in sorry, this in this scene, but yeah, it is from the books. It's no. an exchange that they have, and yeah, it was. Doesn't that happen when they first meet in the books? Yeah,
1: yeah, it yeah. they're
2: thereabouts. I just, yeah, I found, I was tearing up during
1: this scene. I thought it was, it could not have been done better. Um, And I just loved the way that uh, when Oberyn starts telling the story and he he tells Tyrion, you know, oh, you were the the greatest disappointment of our trip and you see Tyrion's face fall and, you know, oh, of course, of course I was the greatest disappointment. He's been the greatest disappointment his entire life. Mm -hmm. And then Oberyn goes on to explain, you know, no, it's, you know, your sister told us a we, but we had heard that you were just monster, and no, you were just a baby. Um,
0: oh, I'm gonna tear up now. <laughs> I was, I got teary-eyed watching him play this. Yeah, scene it was just so, yeah. so
1: evocative. It was really lovely, and it so really true to was. the books. And I just, I just loved it. Yeah, I yeah, know, that's
0: very well done. It was good and to then, finally
2: dig in again to, to you know, the. I mean, we touched on it a little bit last week, but to dig into. Tyrion's underlying you know condition kind of the way that he's been treated his entire life it was so good to get so deep inside it it was perfect
1: it was yeah it was gorgeous and (laughs) to bring things to a slightly lighter note the only thing I could think of when Oprah and uh is all, I will be your champion. All I could think of was Enrique Iglesias singing, I can be your hero. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I I went from, like, (laughs) practically crying to, like, giggling, and I, oh, that's just the way
0: my brain works. (laughs) I can hear fan videos being made. Oh, no. (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs)
3: I'm so
0: sorry. No, you're not. Okay. (laughs) We got to move this on. Yes, okay, Sansa. Um, so we see her in the court at the Airy and uh, it's snowing out and she looks so happy. Um, so she starts building a snow castle um, of Winterfell. Robin comes out to join her. They talk a bit about, about her home and he talks about uh, how he would push her enemies through a moon door. And she gets this little smile saying that she would like that and he offers to make a moon door in Winterfell for her and He kind of collapses one of the towers and then she freaks out on him and he has a massive temper tantrum and she smacks him across the face, which was pretty great. (laughs) No, I do not endorse smacking children. I take that (laughs) thought and I love dogs.
1: (laughs) And she loves daddy.
0: Yeah, no, I, I will not go that far. <laughs> um and i wrote enter lord creepy skirts little finger oh. um, she asks him uh why he killed joffrey and he talks about how he loved catelyn more than and than she could possibly imagine and um, given the opportunity what do we do to those we love and sansa's smile is i don't i think it's going to hint at some greater things down the line for sansa i'm a big proponent that sansa's um going to be a major player in this, in this, the series. What do you guys think? Uh. (laughs) No, (laughs) I think, I mean, I I think there's a (laughs) lot,
2: I think there's a lot of wishful fan thinking in, in some of the Sansa stuff. And I think people kind of jump off of, peter baelish's ideas for sansa which are i frankly think kind of evidence that he maybe is not quite the game player that we think he is hmm. yes. um i definitely think sansa has a big role to play in the story for sure but as far as you know like queen in the north and things like that i i kind of am skeptical about that
0: yeah i tend to agree yeah. we'll see we will see i can't wait to see i told you so <laughs>
1: I just wanted to say how breathtakingly beautiful this scene was. Uh, wasn't
2: it? Not oh, Romantic. So thought... It was romantic almost. I mean, the way that it was set up.
0: Yeah, I just want to say as someone who just went through a long Canadian winter, <laughs> <laughs> disgustingly ugly. <laughs> okay, guys, I'm Australian. We don't even get much snow here. Just give me this.
1: Okay. <laughs> I'm so
0: over winter.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. I thought it was a gorgeous, gorgeous sort of scene. I, have to say I was slightly disappointed um, in terms of the way that they translated uh, the whole Snow castle building um, to the show but I do understand the limitations that they have with film but I just feel that you know in the books it's such an evocative scene and it was it's probably it's yeah it's it's certainly one of my favorite things to read um, in terms of Sansa's story um, and we don't really get that i don't know that wistfulness i guess that we get in the books but again I, like i said i do understand the limitations of film and how we don't have the internal monologue um so you know i'm, I'm prepared to cap to cut them some slack there right
2: yeah i think they did though capture she she was happy you could tell she was happy in any of that scene and, and I agree. you could get that sense at least it, it was really yes, there yes no I-
0: I, I, anyway, I think it yeah. captured a bit of that from the books, too, because you see this this girl who's spent so much time in King's Landing being abused mm-hmm. and tortured, and here she is just sitting, you know, in snow, making a snow castle.
1: Like, yeah, which is a very... Um you know, not childish, but a childlike thing to do. And I do think this is highlighting that, yeah, Sam's still a kid, really. She's been through so much, but she's still a kid. And I think that's further evidenced um, when she starts arguing with Robin um, for ruining the castle. I mean, I think initially she kind of just snaps at him in a sort of a teasing way, but then it really escalates the way that it does with kids when they're arguing. Um, So yeah, you know, Sam's still very much a kid. And
2: which, makes it, it even,
1: which makes it even yeah.
2: creepier yeah, when
0: Littlefinger comes along. Yeah. Take thought, advantage
2: of a girl who's who's missing home. Go
0: yeah. ahead. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> well done, creepy skirts. Um, mm. So just to continue on with that, uh, he plays with her hair. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> and then he kisses her. And oh no, oh. there's Liza on the balcony. Oh. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. um, so <laughs> the next scene is Sansa uh, inside the castle and uh, Lysa tells her to come to her at the moon door. Lisa talks about how high up they are and the effects of the body would have as it, if it was <laughs> the mountains. <laughs> Lysa tells her she knows what she did and Sansa immediately apologized for hitting Robin. <clears throat> Lysa goes apeshit. Um, grabs her and uh, tells her not to play coy with her. Calls her a whore. and She's holding her head over the moon door and then... Peter interrupts and uh, tells her to let her go, swears that on his life that he'll uh, send Sansa away. Um, Peter goes to comfort um, Lysa and gives the line, I've only loved one woman, only one in my entire life, your sister. And then it's bye-bye, Lysa. She gets pushed and thrown out to the moon door. Um, Now, I've heard a lot of people kind of upset that the the line, only cat, was kind of cut from this or altered. Do you guys care at all? Um, no. Look. <laughs> I, I was waiting for Only Cat, but I'm so
1: used to the show changing iconic lines now that it, it was pretty much just a little blip on the radar. And I I can sort of understand why they changed it. I think they're trying to avoid any ambiguity. I'm not sure what other cat he'd be talking about. Maybe Sir <laughs> <don't>
2: so.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Pounce. Only <not>. Sir Pounce.
2: <laughs> what was that, Liz? Uh? What did yeah. you
3: see, Liz? No, I was saying that. I was a little bit upset at first when only cat was cut, but I do understand.
2: Yeah, same. I, I mean, I understand why. I know that it, it it was probably something they were afraid that that show watchers people nuts. would
0: forget they were sisters. Yes. Kind of.
2: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, you know, I mean, in the end, it only hurts the show, in my opinion, because only cat is is it's a so much line. better line. It's
0: but, a great line. But,
2: but you know, what are you going to do? I understand. But man, there is some nerd rage. Woo! People are pissed. <laughs> sure was. They're so mad. It's funny that this is the thing. It was like the, the straw that broke the camel's back was only cat. Yeah! It's funny. Uh,
0: okay.
1: I, um, I, I have to say, oh, we've, we've lost Chicky.
0: Uh, oh, she'll probably come was, back. There she is.
1: I was just gonna say that, um, I think I mentioned before I was live tweeting the episode and I said when Littlefinger was telling uh, Lysa to let Sansa go, I think I tweeted something like, I just can't take Littlefinger seriously with that pirate voice. Let her go, me too.
0: Oh, God. Yeah, we got a little finger impression. Yes. Oh god, that's a really bad one. Every episode now, we (laughs) got to get one of those.
1: (laughs) It's never going to be as good as sandwiches. Let's face it.
0: (laughs) We pale in comparison.
1: And I also just briefly, because I think we are running a bit late on time. No, we're doing good. Um, Hey, we didn't. You know what else? I've, sorry. You know what else the, the nerd outrage was about? Chicky was that Lysa screams, whereas in the books yeah. it's totally silent, and I think it says something like yeah. you could only hear the wind whistling, which I think um, was very effective in the books. But I've got to say, I didn't have a huge, uh, I wasn't hugely disappointed I that she screamed. Well that. Yeah, I, I was think... more disappointed in the bad CGI
0: as she was falling, but luckily they <laughs> cut away really quickly. Uh. Okay, so um, this week we have no questions. Well, we have questions, we're just not answering you. <laughs>
2: we have no answers.
0: <laughs> you asked a too hard of a question. So we can't no, no. I know, okay, I'm I'm just joking. Um, we're going to, we have a hiatus uh, for next episode, for the um, Game of Thrones episode, so we're going to do an uh, all question and answer episode next week. You sure are. Yep. So Watch out. Still- there's still time if you want to get some in, throw some more at us for that episode. You can do that at close the door and at gmail.com or you can come and leave us a message on Tumblr at close the door. What is I? I can never Clo- remember. <laughs> at close the door and come here dot Tumblr.com. Thank you, Chicky. You're welcome. <laughs> and also on Tumblr, we have a poll up. Um, when the Season ends. We've got to figure out what we're going to do. So you have two options: you can vote for Jamie and Brienne chapter review from the books, or uh, Jamie and Brienne past seasons of Game and Throws, uh yes. Game of Thrones review. And, and maybe we, we should take a minute to that... clarify that that um,
2: we we don't mean we won't do both just for wondering right. which we might do first.
1: Yeah, that was, there seems was to be some... we're kind of just trying to yeah. gauge um, listener interest at this point. We will very likely do both amongst other things.
0: From what I've seen, it seems like everybody is more keen on doing the books first. Right. Yay. Yes. So if you feel really <laughs> strongly for the shows, you guys better get in there and vote.
2: <laughs> Guess which way I'm leaning. <laughs> Me too. I
0: think I know in all way we're all leaning. I think we're
2: all leaning that way. <laughs> uh, um,
0: uh, so we're we gonna. We have a few um, thank yous um, from some listeners, and we have some iTunes reviews as well. Um, Whitey, do you have the thank yous for us? Yes, I do. Um, we did get
1: another lovely Tumblr comment from F Seventh, um, so I just wanted to say thank you so much for all your support. We we love you, F Seventh. You've been fantastic. We really do. Uh, Yeah, we do. Um, We had an iTunes review from Vicky, um, and she says, in terms of the podcast, it's amazing the in-depth discussion of both the books and the show is smart, insightful, and very funny. The hosts and guests are lovely. There is plenty of fun and great chemistry to go around. Plus, the shippy goodness is a delight. (laughs) So thank you so much, Vicky. Um, And we also received an email from the lovely Rose Hart, who we just adore, Um, and I'm just going to briefly read a couple of things. Um, oh, she yeah. said she enjoy- she enjoyed the addition of Comma and Erin in the last podcast. Um, and she also um, highlights the fact that Lot is a fantastic moderator, which she is. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she says, you were all absolutely hilarious. There is a clear friendship and level of respect on the panel that gets lost well. in some others. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we hide our animosity. No, I'm not <laughs> friends with YD, I don't know. <laughs> what? <laughs> there, and is a lot of, there is a lot of book knowledge but it's not boring or dry at all and you all bring up the most interesting and important points not just about the likelihood of Jamie and Brienne ever getting it on. (laughs)
0: Like there is that too. (laughs) There is that
1: too, and a fair bit. She says, I come away after listening to this podcast happier and more in love with A Song of Ice and Fire than I do any other, and I fangirl extra because I feel like I know you amazing ladies. Thank you for this podcast and all the time and effort you've put into it. It's paying off. So thank you, Rose Hart. We adore you.
0: That's awesome. Yes, we do. Thank you, thank you. And I have a Canadian's iTunes review. I've yeah, read. baby. I have one. Come on, you Canadians. I know there's more of does you. It, lit- does it mention poutine? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I eat poutine while listening to your podcast.
0: <laughs> okay, so and now I'm gonna get hate mail from Canadians. Yeah, <laughs> I love poutine. I love I'm it. writing it right now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Hyacinth eighty nine says. Come for the fluff. Stay for the thoughtful analysis. Oh. There are book spoilers throughout, so be warned if you haven't read them. So that was the review
2: for oh,
1: Canadian you. iTunes. Awesome.
0: Um, speaking of iTunes, uh, we've made it to the top 200 of TV and film category. And that is like insane (laughs) because pretty much rupaul is on there we are on the ranks of (laughs)
1: wow that was my lifetime aspiration so
0: check (laughs) that off the bucket
1: list i'm checking it off the list right now (laughs)
0: so um, thank you for giving us reviews and ratings and um, the more you do that the higher up we climb so we're gonna kick Paul's ass next week and i
1: just want to give a quick shout out to the aussie listeners we are currently the 11th highest ranked podcast for game of thrones on aussie iTunes. so yay that's
0: crazy yeah Oh, okay, <laughs> so that's gonna be it for tonight, ladies. Um, just want to thank you all for recording today's episode with me. Um, thank so- you for doing an amazing job as moderator yet again. Oh boy, so you're
2: welcome. And we were so happy to have Liz this episode. Yeah, Thanks thank for joining for us. Liz.
0: Oh, thank you guys, Liz, all the way from Brazil. So we're we're definitely adding to our. See you third- in the house. We're so continent. Yeah. yeah.
3: Oh, can I can I make a comment? Yes. Of course. To the listeners, if there's any Brazilian listening to it, please talk to me. I feel so alone. Oh, do you want to <laughs> you give your Tumblr um, name, Liz? Oh yes, it's it's a little bit difficult. It's lifeinabubblejungle.tumblr.com. All hyphen.
0: Nice, another hyphen. Excellent, next. excellent. You're my people. Awesome. Dude. <laughs> all right. Good night, everybody. Night. Good night, night everyone. Good night.
2: Bye. Bye.